All right, and welcome to the Rory's Nitro podcast, the show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares our own winners in some of pro wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, back to review another episode of Raw and Nitro. This week, we're going to be looking at the Octa... Octa, yeah, Octa, that's a great start. We're going to be looking at the October 14th episodes of both shows as we head towards Buried Alive and Halloween Havoc. This is a really exciting time. I'm um, actually watching a lot more of the shows a lot quicker at the moment because I'm really genuinely enjoying them. So 1996 um, coming towards an end is actually really seeing the best of both products. The WWF hasn't hit on all cylinders just yet, but it's definitely improving, and the WCW NWO stuff is interesting to see how it evolves week to week. It's got a few lulls here and there, but it, you know, obviously is a better program right now. So yeah, I'm really just enjoying watching wrestling again. What a time to be alive, 1996, <laughs> via the year 2023. Nitro gave Raw a bit of a touch-up in the ratings with a 3.2, taking on a 1.8, so some clear daylight between the two shows. And it was Nitro that I watched first for this episode, so let's head over there and see what Nitro has to offer. As you heard there, Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco, as usual, the first hour commentary team, giving us a bit of a rundown of the road to Halloween Havoc and the state of the Macho Man, who's due to be here this evening. And then we kick off with Dean Malenko taking on Brad Armstrong. We see Brad Armstrong beating Dean Malenko on Saturday night in a bit of a dodgy double pin ending, one of those ones where there's a suplex and the referee counts one when the other thinks they've won. Match gets started with an arm drag from Armstrong. Um, the crowd are very pro NWO shirts, signs, and chants early on. The guys in ring go to some chain wrestling, and the NWO chant intensifies. Armstrong with a drop kick. A lot of back and forth um, wrestling so far. Very even contest to begin. Malenko starts to stretch Armstrong. Armstrong misses, uh, hits a missile drop kick. Sorry for a two count and a Russian leg sweep for a two count. Malenko hits a beautiful three four, three quarter Nelson pin uh, for the one two three. Um, as we go out to a WCW merch ad with Deborah and Mongo, which I'm going to splice in here because it makes me want all the merch. WCW, what the big boys wear. I have two things to say. You can never have too much money or too many blue denim Monday Nitro shirts in your wardrobe. Get your Monday Nitro blue denim shirt for just $39.95. Nothing comes between me and Mongo for my Monday Nitro shirt. If you want to look dapper in denim, all you got to do is buy the shirt. Just call 1-800-WCW-8661 or write to the address on your screen. 
from there, we see the NWO arrive in a limo. Um, we see Nick Patrick reviewing a call on tape um, of Duggan versus Wall Street. Um, a disqualification call should have been given for the, the tape coming out there. Sorry. Um, and then we take the match to the ring. It is going to be Jim Duggan taking on Wall Street. So a bit of a rematch from Saturday night, I believe. Jim Duggan with a nice hip toss um, gets a USA chant going early. We get a chin lock from the former IRS. It's a very basic match. Move, rest, move, rest, rinse, repeat. Um, the tape comes out. Wall Street gets a hold of it. But while he's trying to put it on, eats a three-point stance for the one, two, three. This one was a bit of a dud and really didn't belong on. The hottest wrestling show in the world in 96, in my opinion. From there, the star power doesn't kick up too quickly. We go to Hugh Morris taking on Jim Powers with Teddy Long. Um I've just got here, what are these matches? Like, Nitro 96 is meant to be some of the best wrestling of all time, but there is still some clunkers in here, and with the roster they've got, they don't really need it. Jim Powers with a nice slam and a crossbody for a one count, a clothesline, and then Hugh Morris takes a powder to the outside. He comes back in and hits a clothesline. We're told Ric Flair's not here, um, and he's going to be out of the match versus a giant for Halloween Havoc, and we'll find out the replacement later on. Nice sunset flip by Jim Powers, but a very slow two count by Nick Patrick, to which Teddy Long complains. A power slam gets an even slower two count, and Teddy Long and the crowd are getting hot at Nick Patrick. Hugh Morris hits a back suplex and a one, two, three normal count there. Teddy Long is in and Nick in Nick Patrick's face as we go to a commercial. Tony Schiavone says he'll be talking to Nick Patrick later when we come back out. Next match in the ring is Greg the Hammer Valentine versus Lex Luger. This is a jobber's row for 96 now. Not Lex, obviously, but Greg Valentine. I like Greg Valentine, but in 1996, following up a Hugh Morris-Jim Powers match and a Jim Duggan uh, IRS match, it's probably just not the time and place. We get an ad before the match gets started. When we come back in, Luger hits a nice hip toss. Greg the Hammer Valentine um, attacks the injured ribs of Lex Luger from the Arn Anderson attack last week. Hits an elbow for a two. We see Ted DiBiase and Virgil in the crowd as Valentine works over the ribs. A series of two counts and some great yelling selling from Lex Luger. Um, a double down and Lex comes back with a clothesline and a forearm for a two before putting Greg uh, Valentine in the torture rack for the submission victory. Tony Schiavone um, tells us the Macho Man didn't get a $1 million fine that Nick Patrick requested, but a $500 fine and five-match suspension at the start of the new year. And Nick Patrick, Nick Patrick, Nick Patrick is not happy about this. Patrick! All right, Larry, thanks a lot, Nick. I, I said many times I think you should know this because you were in the ring. If you're not 100%, and you obviously weren't, maybe you ought to think twice about getting in the ring. Be that as it may... You talked about for the last couple of weeks a fine you wanted to levy to the Macho Man Randy Savage. And I got some information for you. There will be a fine levy to the Macho Man Randy Savage, but it, uh, unfortunately it's not going to be a million dollars. We understand by the WCW Board of Directors it will be $500. And also... You're kidding. You're kidding no, I'm not. And also he's going to miss joke, the first right? five matches of 1997. Oh, you're, you, this is a joke, right? No, it's the announcement I, wanted, I needed to make to you. How do they ever expect to gain the respect from these people if they're going to walk around like a bunch of spineless jellyfish? You're not going to back me up on this one, huh? Well, you've got a war with the NWO. You're about to have a war with my legal staff. Nobody's going to put their hands on me like that and get away with it, Tony Schiavone. I'm here to tell you right now, they are not going to hear the end of this. Well, I can understand your passion, but also, uh, you know, you have a very distinctive voice. 
Let's take you back to NWO Saturday night, if we will. Take a look, Nick, at the referee in the ring. Now, I said at that time, and I firmly believe it, he's a mass referee. Spell the myth that they are merely thugs That looked like you. It was your mannerisms. It sounded like you. Nick Patrick, I think that was you. Take a close look right here, Tony Schiavone. There's no way that could be me. I'm in a lot better shape than that guy right there. We go to hour two, and Tanae and Heenan take over. Um, Bischoff shows Macho Man and Liz uh, shows Macho Man a Liz video of her apologizing, which is a real tearjerker. Um, she's very, very good in this. Macho's speechless and near tears himself, and he walks off with Bischoff and a cameraman following him. But Macho's having none of it. He gets in a limo and leaves the arena without saying a word. And then we go out to an NWO commercial. By the way, at the start of the hour, Mikey Innes had walked out for a match, and we're told that match got cancelled, so unlucky, pal. Eddie Guerrero taking on the Cheetah Kid. Um, we get a pretty lame inset promo from Guerrero here on DDP. He definitely hadn't found his charisma just yet. A nice hurricane runner and a drop kick, um, a snap mare from the Cheetah Kid, and a version of the Angle Slam. A nice drop kick before Eddie Guerrero hits a top rope hurricane runner and follows it up with a frog splash for the 1-2-3 in a good, albeit short match. Lee Marshall's on the phone talking all things Nitro parties and then we go to Big Bubba with Jimmy Hart taking on Double J Jeff Jarrett. Um, We're told that Jarrett's going to challenge the Giant at Halloween Havoc as this match goes on and we get a big Double J chant. The strut is over as all hell obviously being in Memphis. Nice drop kick and then he chases Jimmy Hart and nails him. We get an outside brawl. Jimmy Hart gets some licks in on Jarrett while he's down. And Bubba goes to a bit of a beatdown spot before Jarrett comes back with an inverted atomic drop and nails Jimmy Hart again, but walks into a boss man slam. Um, Bubba accidentally hits the referee, um, gets the megaphone, but Jeff Jarrett drop kicks the megaphone into his face and picks up the 1-2-3. And a pretty big victory for Jeff Jarrett here on Nitro. Shivani is then with Jarrett, and he says that he will face the Giant at Halloween Havoc, and he cuts a babyface promo in 1996, which just did not feel right to WWF watching me. It was very out of place. Our next match is going to be the Faces of Feet, Fear, Faces of Feet, Jesus, Lee, Faces of Fear taking on Harlem Heat, tried to combine the two and got the worst of both there. <laughs> um, Men goes on the attack early, and the crowd pop for Benoit and Mongo and Deborah walking out to watch. We get a double team from Harlem Heat and then a slam from Stevie Ray before Barbarian comes in for some corner strikes. A side note here, I love Barbarian. He is a very underrated wrestler. A nice sidekick by Booker T and a top rope belly-to-belly suplex from Barbarian. So yeah, really following on what I just said there. Bischoff's on commentary from this match as well. So he wasn't on at the start, but just sort of joined midway through the hour. Nice backbreaker for a two from the barb. And then we get a sunset flip from D, uh, from Booker T, sorry, for a two count. The outsiders are in the crowd. Um, both teams go out and face them, and they back off. And that sort of just stops the match dead in its tracks there um, as the outsiders had come down to ringside, and the other two teams just intimidated them and had a bit of a standoff. For the final segment of the night, we get Hulk Hogan and the NWO out, and they've got Liz, and the crowd are hot for them. Hulk Hogan cuts a promo on the Macho Man, and Liz tries to slap him, but is stopped by the NWO. The Nasty Boys come out in NWO shirts, and they complain that something's wrong with their contracts. It's not the best. It doesn't really explain what's going on here. Um, But Hogan basically tells them it's wrong because they're not in the NWO, and they get the shit kicked out of them from the rest of the NWO. 
this segment has way too much Hulk Hogan speaking. You can see why the outsiders sort of went to battle with him and tried to get him to tone it down and be less of an old-school heel promo because he just goes on and on and on. And when there's sort of a bloated NWO roster in the crowd now, or in the ring now, and none of them get to talk and Hogan blabbers on for 15 minutes, it really does become quite tedious. Um, they then do the usual taking over of the commentary table and blah, 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 blah to go off the air. And I think I mentioned on the last show, maybe I didn't, but like this sort of long-winded NWO finish to the show is becoming a little bit repetitive now. So hopefully in the episodes to come, they'll vary it up a bit, but it just seems to be one or two baby faces, cop it, NWO come out, chat shit for ages, then go and take over the commentary table, you know, and just talk nonsense at the commentary table for like the last 10-15 minutes of the show it's getting to the point where if you've sort of seen this once or twice before there is a risk that you could flick over and see what's happening on Raw because you know how this is going to end I I don't know if actually having said that if Raw being only one hour is the first or second hour of Nitro so maybe that's not a possibility but anywho just my two cents watching this many years later that's Nitro taken care of so we might head out to halftime now and Come back on the other end with Raw. Now, why did you do it? You know you got the mad fat fluid when you rhyme. It's halftime. For this week's halftime segment, I'm going to talk about five great wrestling debuts and five terrible wrestling debuts. This is not a top five list by any means. My memory's just not kicked into gear today to go back and remember all the bad ones and rank them. These are just five that stood out in my mind. I'll go with the bad first and five pretty lackluster to downright awful wrestling debuts. I'm going to go with the NWO. Um, but not the NWO at Bash of the Beach 96, um, this current iteration we're reviewing at the moment, but the NWO coming back to WWE at No Way Out and cutting a, we're really good guys, we're not here to be mean promo to open the show. What a shit way to debut what is supposed to be the poison that gives a lethal injection to the company, as Vince sort of said on that famous SmackDown promo, just really, really bad stuff. Um, And whilst it was great to get Hulk back in the mix, um, the group was obviously just not booked to be serious with any sort of longevity, as you can see, within a month, it's starting to disband. Um, Following along the line of WCW guys coming across to the WWE, let's go with Diamond Dallas Page the year before at King of the Ring as a stalker. I'm begging you, take make me famous. Like, shut up. What a shit way to debut. A really solid main event guy. Um, One of the few that you got just completely fucked up the whole invasion right from there. On a more lighthearted note, let's go across to WCW and talk about the debut of the Shock Master, who fell flat on his fucking ass, um, as Davy Boy Smith would say. Um, <laughs> falling through a wall and losing your helmet and then standing there and trying to look intimidating. Oh, just absolutely brilliant. Um, terrible in the best way possible. And back to the WWE and sort of following a similar vein to some of the other ones on this list, but the fake Razor and fake Diesel, the letdown uh, was palpable. The air was let out the room when they came out. That was just bad, bad stuff. And the final terrible debut goes to WCW and it is the Renegade, the ultimate surprise, as he was known. Um, Just an absolute rip off. Some (laughs) really good fake characters in amongst that list. 
On the flip, five really good debuts that I genuinely enjoyed. I'm going to start with Taz at the 2000 Royal Rumble, beating Kurt Angle and in New York City, a hot crowd. Just a great way to debut a new character. The Undertaker in both 2000, I'm uh, sorry, in both 1990 and 2000, coming back as the American badass character, the biker character at Judgment Day, but the original debut as well as the um, unstoppable sort of mystery partner for Ted DiBiase's team. And considering it could have been him coming out the egg, a really good debut considering. Possibly my favorite ever wrestling debut was Brock Lesnar. Um, coming out, I think, the Raw after WrestleMania 18, if I'm not mistaken, and just beating the shit out of guys weeks in a row with Paul Heyman leading the way. But some of the moves he was hitting, and some of the guys, especially Spike Dudley, taking things like triple power bombs, just looked like a beast right out the gate. Um, a controversial one, but Glacier. I know it dragged on way too long, and they dropped the ball with him, but I genuinely enjoyed the vignettes, and when he did finally make his debut, it was pretty cool. I, um... Yeah, bit of a Glacier fan here. Would love an elite Glacier in the Mattel line. Lastly, going to go with Chris Jericho. Um, his debut to the WWF built up perfectly, interrupted the right guy. And I think they actually dropped the ball with him for a little while after this as well. But the first night was really class and a great way to debut a new character. Um, if I've missed any really big ones that you think should have been included in the list or you want to debate any of them, please hit me up on Twitter. But they're five that I really liked and five that I didn't like as far as wrestling debuts. And now we're going to head over to Monday Night Raw. He's vicious. He's vile. I just whipped your ass. He shows no remorse. Get that piece of crap out of my ring. He knows no mercy. He's stone cold. Shawn Michaels has braved the challenge of every predator in the World Wrestling Federation. But lately, the champion looks beatable. Have the battles finally taken their toll? Stone Cold smells blood. This isn't a good book, son. This is Austin 316. And tonight, Shawn Michaels, I'm going to whip your ass. The October 14th episode of Monday Night Raw starts with a video package on Stone Cold Steve Austin and then HBK, as you would have heard there, and they're facing each other tonight. JR and Kevin Kelly, the commentary team for this one, we're going to hear a bit about some chopping and changing with the commentary team in the weeks to come, but that's what it is for tonight, and we've still got the Buried Alive um, tombstone in the aisle. We start off seeing Vader taking on Phineas Godwin, and Kevin Kelly tells us that Kevin Dunn called him to say Vince McMahon will be back to host Raw next week. So that was an interesting piece of business there, and JR goes off about it. In the ring, Vader with a big clothesline and then a hoe train attack and some corner strikes. Sid comes out, and this allows Phineas to get a clothesline and a back suplex and then clothesline Vader out. Um, he slams Vader, but it doesn't last long. Vader takes back, in, back over control and hits the Vader bomb for the one, two, three. We have an ad for the Hall of Fame and Survivor Series back-to-back -back nights in New York City. Um, Survivor Series 96 obviously taking place in the garden. So that was interesting that they used to um, try and run a Hall of Fame weekend with Survivor Series. JR brings out Mr. Perfect, who cuts a promo on his match next week against Triple H. Um, and then we go to a merch ad. And much like WCW, they're trying to shill some denim shirts. So that was all the rage in 96. Next match is Jack. Jerry the King Lawler taking on Jake the Snake. Jerry Lawler comes out on the mic, and then Roberts comes out with a bottle of booze and stumbling, um, 
and Lawler's obviously loving this. Gorilla Monsoon comes out to assess whether or not he should be wrestling, and it seems that Roberts at this point is sort of indicating to the referee and Gorilla that he's actually fine and it's a fake, so they allow the match to go on. Lawler doesn't notice it, walks over and walks straight into a DDT for a three count, and then Roberts pours the booze on him and then puts a snake on him for a measure of revenge for the months of torture. We get some more real Double J nonsense with Todd, which I'll splice in for you guys to hear about here. In our eye-opening conversation with the real Double J, Jesse James. He signals to me the foot. Well, I got it. I got it. I'm cool with that. You know, I didn't really understand that I pulled his foot, but I knew something had messed up. I said, you know, what ha- Jeff, what happened? What's going on? He says, I'm out of here. You stay here or you go with me. Whatever you want to do, the choice is yours. And so Jesse James really had no choice following Jeff Jarrett out of the WWF that night. But who could blame Jesse after what Jarrett had promised to do for the young, gifted, unknown singer when they first met back in a small bar in Nashville just one year before? He says he can take me out of this dive and take me around the world. Bright lights, big city, the whole nine yards. By now, you know, Jared is a fraud, taking advantage of Jesse's shyness, conning Jesse James into allowing him to take credit for singing the hit single, With My Baby Tonight. Well, here's the real Double J, Jesse James. And this whole stuff just makes a road dog look like a bit of a tit in my eyes. Like, just get over it and get in and have a character of your own and stop trying to steal the heat of someone on the other show. We then go to Triple H taking on Freddie Joe Floyd. Um, we... we um, See Triple H handcuff his girl to the post this week so that Mr. Perfect can't take her. He starts with a hip toss before Floyd comes back with a shoulder block. Triple H with a high knee and a suplex, but Perfect comes out. And somehow he's got a key. We see a replay seeing he got it from a cop in the crowd. Unlocks the handcuffs, gives the key back to the cop. Triple H gets a pedigree but goes out after Perfect. Perfect nails him in the aisle. And this leads to Mr. Uh, to Triple H losing the match by count out to Freddie Joe Floyd. We get an Austin promo on Bret Hart, which is really good, and I'll put some of it in here for you guys to listen to. And fans, while Hunter collects himself standing by his stone cold, I understand you have something to say to Bret Hart. You know, Hitman, since you weren't man enough to face Stone Cold, later on tonight, I'm going to whip the man's ass who whipped your ass. Austin 316, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. That great match is still to come. And then Sunny comes out and reveals a poster of herself and joins the commentary team. We get another Mankind and Paul Bearer promo in the graveyard because they've got to <laughs> make the most of the money they spent on that shoot. And then we go to Farouk taking on Alex the Pug Porto. Farouk with a big clothesline and a spine buster. JR says Vince McMahon should be embarrassed of the helmet that he makes Farouk wear. And Farouk gets a dominator for the one, two, three. We see an Ahmed Johnson versus Farouk battle of the wits on Livewire. They're arguing on promo. It's pretty rough. Um, and then we go to an Undertaker promo. Our final match, our main event, um, which the commentary team are calling the biggest match in Raw history, which could be the case in 96. I'd have to go back and check. Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair lose a leaf town. Feels like it would rival it. Um, but I'm struggling to think of too many more bigger matches than this one. Michael's obviously the champion. Comes out with Jose Lothario. Um... He's too quick for Austin early on. We get an inset promo from Jim Cornette and Vader and then one from Sid. 
Um, the biggest match ever is not getting too much attention early on. Um, they exchange pins for a two. Austin with a stun gun and we go to a commercial. Vader comes out, but Shawn Michaels beats him to the punch. Savio Vega comes out and Austin hits him with a stunner. Sid comes out and Vader bails. And then the fake Razor and Diesel come out. Austin throws Michaels into Sid and then bails. And Sid and HBK look to argue, but then Austin and Vader come back in and they're sent packing in a really chaotic ending. This is the kind of stuff that I want to see Raw go off the air with. Like just bodies flying everywhere. Main event stars mixing it up. Are they going to turn on each other? Are they going to explode? This ending is kind of what I feel like we've been lacking with WCW in the last few weeks, where it's always just the bad guys come out and then chat shit for 20 minutes. This was really one of the best raw endings of the timeline. I I genuinely can't remember in a long, long time enjoying the way raw went off the air more than I enjoyed this. And just, it felt like big star power, big match, lots of good angles going on. So this might be one of those nights where raw actually takes it to nitro. Let's go back and have a look because the ratings definitely didn't suggest that, but it's not here to sort of give the win to the ratings. We see that, you know, viewer trends and people are watching based on weeks and months worth of their habits, not based on which show is going to be the better on that night. Always, I'm going to start with match quality because they each had decent wrestling without either really having a standout match. So I'm going to call that one a tie early. Um, As far as production, I'm also going to call that one a tie. There was nothing on either show that really stood out for me. Crowd, I'm going to give to Nitro. Um, I think they were so hot for the NWO that you can't really compare Raw with that. But storylines and characters, I'm going to go with Raw because Raw sort of featured everyone on its active roster that was a big caliber name um had them all interacting in the final segment we've got continuation of the undertaker mankind storyline sid and vader battling for the title vader is the nemesis of sean but also sid's friends with sean and there's some tension building you've got austin in the mix he's also cutting a promo on bret hart to set up the storyline coming up next for him as well as dealing with savio vega the razor and diesel stuff i could take or leave there obviously shouldn't be on the show but overall raw just with that hot ending and yeah the nwo stuff's continuing on wcw and dean malenko is obviously building towards his match with ray and eddie versus match with ddp but the nwo feels so superior to everything else going on this month in wcw that there's not enough excitement in that for me and the chaotic ending and you know all the moving parts in Raw just made it the better show which i haven't really said much over the last sort of months of the timeline so really made it enjoyable and after watching these two shows i immediately started watching buried alive then the next roar at nitro and now i'm up to halloween havoc that's the order they all took place in not necessarily the order these shows will drop but i i got on a kick and for three or four days i was just watching 96 wrestling non-stop so yeah really exciting stuff if you haven't watched any of these shows i'd recommend watching the raw and i recommend watching a lot of the wcw from this time period as well but yeah really just great stuff and highly enjoyable. That'll do it for this episode. There's obviously a few more Raw and Nitro and pay-per-view episodes coming up, as well as a bit of Young Rock and Hogan Knows Best coming very soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and always happy to chat if anyone wants to reach out and discuss anything on the show. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of your day wherever you are in the world. Peace.